Welcome to Empire State Political Pulse with your host, former Brooklyn Assembly member Jim Brennan. Jim delves deep into the dynamic world of Empire State politics, offering with his guests a seasoned perspective on the latest political developments, key issues, and the ever-evolving landscape of New York's political arena. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, this is Jim Brennan, your host for Empire State Political Pulse, and our topic today is an important court decision by New York's highest court, the State Court of Appeals, that requires the congressional districts in New York to be redistricted again in 2024, even after the tortured 2022 process. The outcomes of this redistricting for the House elections in New York may have major national political consequences because the Republican Party in the House won a five-seat majority in the House in 2022, and and four of those seats were flipped from Democrat to Republican in New York alone. All four of the switches occurred in four suburban congressional districts that surround New York City. Who wins these seats in 2024 in New York could hold the key to which party controls the House of Representatives in the next cycle. Joining me today are two knowledgeable and distinguished guests, Assemblymember Charles Levine, Democrat of Nassau County, Chair of the Judiciary Committee in the State Assembly, formerly Chair of the Election Law Committee, and entering his 20th year in the Assembly. I got that right, Chuck? You certainly do, Jim. Okay. And Professor Jeffrey Weiss, adjunct professor and senior fellow with the New York Census and Redistricting Institute at New York Law School in Manhattan. Professor Weiss has been involved in redistricting litigation for more than 40 years, including on many of the uh, cycles, uh, the tenure cycles, uh, as a uh, lawyer associated with the Democrats in the New York State Assembly. Welcome to both of you, and thank you for coming. Professor Weiss, I'd like to start with you by asking you to help our listeners understand the framework in which this redistricting is operating. What was this recent court decision? What is the New York State Independent Redistricting Commission? What is it being tasked to do by the Court of Appeals? And what do you think the IRC's options are? How is this going to play out? Well, what's happening now is uh, the reaction uh, to a New York State Court of Appeals decision, uh, the state's highest court, where it was determined that the state redistricting process for the congressional district lines, which basically imploded in 2022, uh, caused the legislature to uh, enact a plan the courts rejected then for the courts to come in and draw the map for last year's elections, we're now at a point where the court has directed the process to pick up where it left off uh, last year. Uh, Just to back up a little bit on history, in 2014, uh, the state's voters approved a constitutional amendment that created a new redistricting process. That's the redrawing of uh, state legislative, assembly and Senate, and congressional district lines every t- once every 10 years after the census is taken to reflect proper one person, one vote, fair representation. So in 2014, the voters approved an amendment that took the power away from simply having the Senate and the Assembly draw the lines themselves, you know, pursuant to the governor's approval, and instead created uh, two new things. The first was something called the uh, Independent Redistricting Commission, 
and the second rules and criteria for the commission to follow. Uh, the commission is basically a creature of the state legislature. It's called independent. I usually call it not so independent because it is an advisory commission that is tasked with sending plans to the legislature, uh, which then has the, you know, the ability in Albany to accept or reject those maps. Now, really quickly, uh, the commission is tasked with submitting a first set of state legislative and Senate maps. If the legislature uh, accepts that set of maps and the governor approves, the process is finished. If the uh, legislature rejects those maps, as happened last year, then the, then the commission is tasked with going back to the drawing board and uh, submitting a second set of maps. And again, the legislature can approve those maps or reject them pursuant to the governor's approval. But if the legislature rejects the second set of maps, then the legislature can essentially draw a map on its own. What happened last year was that after the legislature rejected the first set of maps, the commission, which is divided, uh, there are 10 members, uh, five Democrats, five Republicans, uh, they couldn't agree and the commission fell apart. It basically imploded. So the legislature, uh, looking at the Constitution, which gives the legislature final authority to enact these maps, picked up where the commission left off and created a map of its own. Uh, later, right after the governor signed the, uh, uh, the bill with the maps, the Republicans went to court and challenged the congressional and district lines. And the courts held last year that because the commission failed to submit a second set of maps to the legislature, and because there was very little time left to have a new map in place for the 2022 elections, uh, that the court took it upon itself to draw the map. So the court appointed a special master. Uh, the map was drawn. It was used in last year's elections. Uh, as you mentioned in your in, um, earlier, Republicans did very well uh, in the map that was drawn last year. And now we're at a point where uh, several uh, plaintiffs identified as Democrats went to court and successfully argued that the process needs to pick up where it left off, that the commission needs to regroup, uh, submit a second congressional map to the legislature, and let, and let the legislature act and take it from there. So that's essentially um, you know, the history of what's going on. At this point, the commission has regrouped. They actually met last week to uh, take up a few administrative matters. And the court has given uh, the commission until February 28th uh, to submit a second congressional map to the legislature. Now, it's interesting to point out that the New York State Board of Elections has already announced that uh, February 27th will be the first day to circulate petitions for the June primary. And the court did suggest, it hinted, well, the commission should speed up its process a little bit because time is uh, um, you know, urgent, but uh, these things haven't happened yet. My view is for an orderly primary to take place, a final map needs to be approved by the legislature and governor sometime in uh, by mid-February at the latest. That's not much time. So we're in a fast track now where we're going to hear soon from the commission. When will it meet? What will it do? Can it agree on a new map? Will it fall apart again? And then once that all happens, 
what will the legislature do? So that's you know, really, in a nutshell, where we are based on what's happened. Uh, thank you, Professor. That's a very clear summary. Uh, Assemblymember Levine, um, what do you think went wrong in 2022? Uh, what could have been done better? Uh, how could the outcome have been possibly different? And then we'll get on to the current politics in relation to where you are in Nassau County right right now. So bef before I give you two separate answers, um, let me just say, Mr. Brennan, that it's great to see you again and what an honor it was to serve with you in the New York uh, State Assembly. And uh, Professor Weiss, always great, my old friend as well, uh, to see you. And I'm very proud of the work you do at one of New York's great law schools, uh, New York Law School. So these are the two answers. I'll give you an answer as a politician. And this should be taken with a grain of salt as uh, along with anything a politician says. Um, but um, I would say, you know, looking at this from one perspective, that the legislature's enterprise in adopting the, uh, the lines that were set aside must have been pretty good because even though it was set aside by a court under the leadership of Janet DeFiori, uh, uh, the Court of Appeals, uh, now reconstituted, has essentially said uh, we didn't do so badly. Uh, but let me, for the second answer, um, as a, an elected representative uh, who happens to be a, a politician, I think what we engaged in in New York uh, was very similar to the process in terms of redistricting that was engaged in in many of the states, because it's not just New York that had its lines set aside and subject to uh, complex and serious uh, litigation. Um, but I do believe that there was a um, hyper-partisan uh, effort uh, to make sure that in the democratic states, in the blue states, uh, we remained um, uh, uh, blue. And in the red states, and now we're talking primarily about the states of the old Confederacy. Yes, there was, Georgia, uh, Texas, etc. And an even more grotesque effort uh, yeah. to uh, make sure that uh, voting rights uh, were, not, were not equal. So if anything, perhaps in retrospect, we were a little too clever by half, not only in New York, but in many of the other states. But that's part and parcel of the democratic process. Um, now uh, we will go back to work, uh, as Professor Weiss described, uh, the IRC, the Redistricting Commission, will draw some, draw some new lines and we will review them. And I am hopeful that we will be able to do this as expeditiously as possible. But Jim, as you know, because uh, you were in the assembly, and Jeff, as you know as well, because you've been involved with uh, the state legislature for so many years, in January, February, and March are tied up in budget negotiations. So hopefully we will be able to find the time, and I'm sure we will, uh, to review the IRC's recommendations and take the steps necessary to make sure that we have adequate and fair lines uh, in place uh, for um, the upcoming um, uh, federal elections. Uh, thank you. Um, yes, uh, just making my own comment. Um, that process two years ago, there was one congressional district. It was actually the one in which I am next to which uh, where where the legislature tied Park Slope 
a super liberal, super blue, 99% Democratic area to Staten Island uh, in the hopes of unseating Nicole Malliotakis. It was kind of over the top, blatantly hyperpartisan and connecting communities that historically had very little to do with each other. And it was sort of a throw the gauntlet down at the Court of Appeals in terms of maybe some of the other districts, the modifications, you know, could be argued one way or the other, whether they were fair or unfair. But this one really stuck out. And it it certainly gave the Court of Appeals pause in relation to dealing with what the lines the legislature had done. But look, Assemblymember Levine, you are in the 13th Assembly District in the 3rd Congressional District in Nassau County, the George Santos District. Thank goodness he is gone. But now you are right in the middle of a special election featuring the former incumbent Tom Swasey and a Republican legislator named Mozzie Phillip. Do you have any insight into what is happening there right now? What's your take on how this may play out? The, Feb- the special election is February 13th, just a few weeks away. A lot of money is going to be spent on this, uh, on this campaign. Uh, Swazi is on the air. Uh, and um, if anything, in my opinion, has uh, um, a structural advantage uh, because he has served. Uh, as our congressional representative. His name is very, very well known. Uh, and um, he has a, a true base of support. Now, Mozzie uh, Philippe, uh, who I have met, uh, who happens to be a very pleasant uh, person, uh, is uh, sort of a blank slate in terms of um, uh, political um, uh, philosophy. No one quite knows uh, where she stands on any of the pertinent issues. Uh, she is, however, quite personable. But um, Swazi got um, the nomination um, or the um, uh, authorization to run uh, about a week before she was um, uh, designated. And he put that time to very good use. So I suspect uh, that um, uh, Swazi uh, has the advantage. And in some ways, the race may be uh, very much his to lose uh, at this point. Uh, and yet, um, uh, Northeast Nassau County um, is uh, uh, not such an, and North Queens um, is um, uh, not necessarily so democratically encamped as it once was. And Mozzie is from uh, Great Neck, and um, their uh, Great Neck, which at one point was the liberal bastion of uh, politics uh, in Nassau County, uh, no longer has that status. Uh, and uh, it is a toss-up there. And Mazi did quite well when she ran for the uh, Nassau County Legislature uh, in that neighborhood. Now, um, the uh, uh, district also includes a lot of other communities, uh, communities in which uh, Mr. Swazi is very well known and has done quite well in the past, including my own uh, hometown of Glen Cove. And uh, Tom was uh, uh, my literally my neighbor uh, for many, many years, uh, living about 150 to 200 feet away from me. Uh, he still lives in Glen Cove. So this would be a fascinating election, and it ought to be somewhat of a bellwether of what we might anticipate uh, we could expect uh, in the uh, in the days and the years to come. Yeah, I agree with you that this uh, what the result of this election is 
could be a harbinger of where New York State is going, especially the the suburban districts that surround the city, your district, uh, the southern the southern Long Island district, as well as the upstate Hudson Valley districts. Um, in, the, in our remaining time, I want to put to you the sort of question I posed in an article I wrote about this subject, uh, just uh, published just a few weeks ago or a week or two ago, which is, should should the IRC and the legislature just leave the lines alone and not risk any any court throwing out anything that might be construed to be any changed for a partisan advantage or anything like that? Just let it play out and then let the Democrats fight it out on the existing lines? Do you agree with this or do you think they should just play it safe on the lines and just fight it out in the election and don't risk any kind of uh, chaos with the courts throwing it out again. Uh, Chuck, what's your take on that question? I anticipate there will be litigation, uh, no matter whether action is taken to redraw the lines or no action is taken uh, to redraw the lines. Um, my uh, strong suspicion is that there will be some modification uh, of the lines and um, we will just have to play this out. Uh, we have to play out, out the hand that's been uh, been dealt us. But I do believe we have to uh, factor into consideration that there will be time-consuming litigation uh, following whatever steps we take. Uh, Professor Weiss, what's your take on that question? Should the uh, IRC and the legislature just leave these lines alone or make maybe minimal adjustments? Is there something that could be adjusted in these lines without without uh, getting into whether a, a, a danger of a partisan gerrymander and just or should the the two political parties just fight it out on the existing lines what's your well, take on that it, it, it's a great question and it's the 64 million dollar question uh you know the commission is divided five democrats five republicans uh, the republicans said last week that using the court joint map would be a great starting point and the Democratic chair of the commission uh, didn't um, disagree. So we have to actually see what the commission's starting point is going to be, whether they're going to work from the court plan. Nothing stops the commission from actually adopting the, uh, you know, the court-drawn plan. Uh, but that's probably far-fetched. We'll see how far the commission gets, what they do, whether they could even agree and if they fail to agree, will the court step in again and force the Republicans to at least be present at a meeting for a vote, which they refused to do last year? Because that's what the you know that was the fatal flaw that um, kept the legislature from acting. The commission didn't do its job sending a second plan. Then there are lots of intricacies in the law, whether they have seven votes or five votes. I won't get into that now at the commission level, but then the key question then becomes if something is sent to the legislature, whether it's a bipartisan plan or simply uh, a plan drawn by Democrats and a plan drawn by Republicans, as happened last year, competing plans, what will the legislature do? Now with the assembly and Senate being controlled by Democrats, there's a requirement that at least two-thirds of the members of each body approve a plan. So Democrats having clear supermajorities in both chambers, 
you know, have somewhat of a free hand. But the courts have warned the legislature, if you draw a plan that um, egregiously grabs partisan advantage, that draws districts like the one you, you talked about uh, in Brooklyn, uh, Park Slope uh, District, uh, that goes too far. So we have to really wait and see how things play out, who changes what, but just keep in mind that the, the legislature or the commission might have a different view of representation than the court had. And as long as either the uh, commission plan or the legislature's plan meet the legal criteria in the Constitution, uh, you know, there's no perfect map. There could be a thousand maps, but there's no reason to have to stick with the with the commission. I'm sorry, with the court joint plan from last year. It could be tweaked. It could be um, changed um, it's, uh, in, in several areas. The legislature can do what it wants, but the legislature knows that if this ends up back in court, then what can happen is simply the court saying, we gave you a chance, you blew it. Now we're going to put another court plan or the same court plan back into place. And what good does that do the Democrats, given the national scenario of, of you know, the fight for control of Congress later this year? If I if I could just follow up, uh, Professor Weiss, with a, a question I posed in, a, in a, something I sent you the other day. Uh, are there minority opportunity uh, modifications uh, that relate to the Voting Rights Act? Uh, uh, allow or authorization for uh, minority rights? Are there any minority opportunity modifications that could pass muster in the the, the suburban districts that surround the city? Well, the, the court drawing plan last year essentially maintained the same minority districts that uh, were in the plan uh, enacted 10 years ago. We have uh, uh, two or three districts in Brooklyn, uh, one in the Bronx, uh, one in Manhattan. Those are districts that are essentially electing the minority community's preferred candidates. Uh, people like Yvette Clark, uh, Adriana Espiat, uh, Greg Meeks. And those districts were all retained in the court joint plan last year. They were effective districts. They were performing districts. Now, what could happen to them is that they could be reshaped a bit but they can't be eliminated. And New York doesn't have the kind of population demographic to create additional districts that might be required under the Voting Rights Act. Those are pretty much, I'll say, maxed out. But they need to be retained so as to not um, uh, violate the Voting Rights Act. And I doubt that would happen. Okay. Uh, Assemblymember Levine, do you have any final thoughts on how this process is going to play out? Yes. Um, you do? You have to promise. Okay. You won't, tell, you won't tell anyone that you know a politician who actually reads books. Uh, but I see a few on your, uh, on your uh, uh, shelf in back of you. <laughs> Quite a few. One of my favorite books is by C.J. Sansome, and it's called It's Winter in Madrid. It's about the Spanish Civil War. Mm -hmm. And there's a passage uh, in this book where a pro-Franco fascist is speaking with uh, an Englishman. And the fascist is trying to impress on the Englishman that the English parliament must take certain steps that will help the fascist cause. And the Englishman shrugs his shoulders and says, it's a parliament. We're a democracy. Democracies are messy and unpredictable. 
And <laughs> I think that as problematic as that may be to some, um, democracy is certainly the, the best form of government that we have available. And we will all just have to use our very best efforts uh, to make sure that the democratic ends are met here. Thank you. Professor Weiss, any final thoughts? Well, we have to expect the unexpected. And as the grateful uh, dead song lyric goes, but a long, strange trip it's been, it's not over yet. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, both of you, for your knowledge, your humor, and your um, understanding of the intricacies of politics and law and redistricting. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Empire State Political Pulse with Jim Brennan. We hope you found it interesting as well as informative. Check out Jim's blog, Jim Brennan's Commentaries, for more in-depth New York political coverage. You can also find Jim on X at Jim Brennan NY. See you next time.